students are the future of our profession and vets in practice have a highly influential role in shaping both students' perceptions of what it's like to be an equine vet and opportunities to develop the skills needed to get their careers off to a successful start. another episode of Beaver Pod Life and today we've got with us Sarah Freeman and Katie Lightfoot to talk about student engagement. Sarah's at the University of Nottingham and she's a teaching and tutoring students from years one to five. Katie is a teaching associate also at Nottingham in the years naught to three and a personal tutor for all years. Thanks for coming today both of you. Hello. <laughs> so could you give us a quick background really to why this topic of engaging with our students is so important? Yeah. Um, so uh, obviously I teach um, primarily years zero to three um, and I've been at the university for about six years now. Um, and generally we find that um, students tend to recoil in horror when equine is mentioned. Um, the engagement has been a little bit up and down. Um, and I was really interested in trying to find out why this was, because um, I absolutely love equine. That's why I've chosen to do it. Um, I'm really keen just to see what we can do to help students um, engage more with the profession. Um, and especially those that may not come from a traditional horse background. Um, we have some fantastic students that come through that are, have no preconceived ideas with which species they want to go into. Um, but they just tend to sort of shy away from equine for some reason. Um, so we really want to just have a, a little look at that. I don't know if you've got anything you want to add there, Sarah, before I chatter away. No, keep going, Katie. Yeah, no. So um, I really looked into it as part of my teaching um, training when I first started at Nottingham. Um, and I spoke to first years about what they thought about equine, if they had any ideas coming into vet school. Um, and a lot of them, I spoke to a lot of non-horse background students and also those with experience. Um, and it was just a general consensus initially that equine was a specialism that you needed some extra sort of qualification other than a, a, the undergraduate degree to actually work in equine. Um, and also some misconceptions about what it's like to work in practice. So this was filtered down from um, later years that may have been in practice and had some horror stories that was sort of filtering back to the younger years. Um, and again, that sort of divide that we could sometimes inadvertently create by using some terminology they weren't familiar with. Um, so one of the big things would really just sort of point out is using terms like horsey and non-horsey immediately divides um, students you've got, even if you just want to check what their background is, just check for understanding, just saying, are you horsey? Those that aren't horsey can immediately sort of go, oh, I'm not. So this this probably isn't for me. Um, so yeah, it was really sort of that that area. And what um, I suppose we, we've talked about sometimes how you can isolate people and pigeonhole them. And what's kind of the best way to try and what language would you encourage people to use when you're asking somebody, maybe a new, a new student that's come to the practice? How would you talk to them about like their backgrounds and whether they've been exposed to equine sort of work before how do you kind of broach that subject what other language do you so I've um so I'm guilty of this as well so I used to use the term horsey all the time because I just didn't realize what what was happening until I actually asked um so what I've been trying to do is just asking um, what experience they've had before 
Um, so simply just saying, oh, what experience have you had with horses before coming here? What interests you? Um, is there anything in particular you want to find out? So it's sort of a non-judgmental approach, um, just not assuming that they understand what the term horsey would mean as well. Um, and the other thing about that term is some of the students wanted to know what would qualify them as horsey. Um, so when they got to vet school and were sort of being taught all the horse content, they wondered if there was an exam that they had to pass in order for them to be classed as um, good enough to be horsey. So yeah, just non-judgmental um, terminology. Sim, you know, be interested, be engaged. Don't just sort of switch off if they do say, um, you know, I don't really have that much of a background in horses. Maybe just then go, oh well, what what, what would you like to know? Is there any areas that you're particularly unsure of? Um, just let me know if there's anything you don't understand. So just sort of offer them that option to discuss things further with you. Um, don't just sort of shut down um, when and assume they're not interested because we have a lot of non-equestrian students that would love to work with horses um, and they find that a bit of a barrier. Yeah, so not being divisive basically. And I guess, yeah. you know, if it's easy to forget some of the language we use every day in equine practice might not be very obvious to somebody. That's Absolutely. Language, I guess explaining it as you go and using it as an opportunity for them to learn because of what is ultimately the industry language, isn't it? So it's yeah. almost like giving them the opportunity to learn that, which can be such a massively valuable part of EMS, isn't it? Which we probably don't see as much in smallies, perhaps. You yeah. would in farm as well, wouldn't you? You're getting that industry knowledge and that's what, how we should look at it from an equine point of view, isn't it? That's yeah, exactly. Everything that we do and say with students can shape their experiences and also their future approach to the subject. Um, so, um, I quickly learned that just using phrases such as go and catch that horse sent all sorts of sort of images in the student's head that they were going to have to catch this horse with a net. Um, so just basically reframing it and just saying, would you mind going and, and popping the head collar on that horse and bringing it out to me? Um, just reframing things a little bit um, would be absolutely fine. It would really help them as well. It's like little tweaks, isn't it? Really, yeah. You just need to switch yourself on to, to doing, basically. And and talking of sort of negative experiences, I suppose, that we might be unaware that we're giving students when they're coming and spending time with us, things like how we talk about challenging clients or challenge, even challenging horses, you know, going into those challenging environments. Because obviously in, in equine, you're sort of on a yard with the client there. You're not in a clinic where you can go and have a chat around the back and mm. watch the procedure. You know, you're very much on stage aren't you when you're in front of the clients so how would you sort of try and try and steer those vets having students to going through those sort of discussions with them preparing them for those cases yeah um i think sarah is can explain this beautifully um so sarah yeah it's, it's more about the language that you use and again it's not trying to be negative about things it's about framing what the challenges are um, but not being derogatory about your clients, which you shouldn't be doing anyway. But the challenge is, but also what it, what methods you're going to use to overcome that. So it might be, we're going to see this client, she really cares passionately about her horses. She knows an awful lot. And therefore the way we approach and we're going to discuss things with her will be a bit different to how you saw me work with the, with the last client. Um, so we have to recognize how much she does care and how much she knows and work with her alongside that then the student is also thinking well actually I can now see how I need to change my approach to work with this person rather than rather than me saying this next one's a nightmare know it all horsey clients and then they just go oh no I don't want to go and talk to them 
Yeah, because you could see that variability as being a positive, couldn't you? You could actually see the fact that we have such a varied client, um, you know, spectrum, I suppose, and how we get to know our clients quite well, don't we, in equine, compared to the sort of five-minute consults in smallies. You could try and turn that on its head and make it a positive thing. Yeah, exactly. And this is my relationship with this client, and I've built this up over time. And and the relationship and the way that we communicate and work together will be different for the other people. So, yeah, it's turning it into a positive, but also it is transferable skills. You know, these are things that you're going to need wherever you work, whoever you work with as well. Um, yeah, and I think that's something that's come to light in a couple of the other podcasts was, you know, we going and doing EMS isn't about just learning clinical skills. And we know that in equine, it's much harder to get that, those hands-on skills because we're always in front of the clients in an ambulatory setting, for instance. But actually, all those other skills, the communication skills, how you talk to clients about the case, about the finances, we overlook the value that you can get when you're out in EMS getting those skills under your belt and learning them and hearing other people discussing things you know that's that is a skill set that you can be learning all that time on EMS and that's what they really want to to learn from you know when we read the year five portfolios actually a lot of the things that they reflect on and discuss are the difficult conversations and how the vets communicated and things and they really really value that um and and you asked about what vets can do we teach some stuff within the university but a lot of the stuff that really impacts their experience can make a huge difference um it is the the external places um so something that happens on work placement yeah or you know yeah. whether it's animal husband placement or an ems really really shapes their opinion of what's happening because they see those people as in the authentic situation i think a bit more than than they do us so yeah. you know that that is where they take their that is my real world experience that tells me what it's really going to be like out there and that's often more influential. It can undo weeks and weeks of stuff that yeah. we've done. It can be undone <laughs> in one day. <laughs> but you can also say, actually, it is hugely influential. We're really role modeling these people. We're showing them what, what life would be like in there. And, and the, you, know, you can't underestimate the importance of both their, their equine and my husband placements and their equine um, work placements as well. Mm. Like I yeah, I think you're right. I think it's easy to overlook that actually. Just coming from a you know vet who was in practice and who had students with me, you forget how valuable those bits are, those experiences are. And I think we all should maybe realise that and 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 feel a bit more kind of positive about what we can offer them, even though we can't, you know, let them put catheters in and rectal every horse that we see out out, out mm. on the road. You know, we're we're giving them other skills, and there's value in that. So you know. You should sort of be proud of it in a way, you know, proud mm. of that ability to share those experiences. So what makes a um, a placement in your experiences, and you've obviously spoken with students, what makes a, a good placement, I suppose? Um, I think it varies um, a lot. A lot of the uh, students that come back and say they've had a really good equine placement is um, usually one where the, the vet's just taken time to get to know them a little bit and sort of his... Um, listen to them and sort of just spent a little bit of time just getting to know what they would like to get out of the situation. And like Sarah said, communicating with them, um, just telling them a little bit about what they're going to see and sort of like, this is what you can get from this situation. Um, and this is, we can have a chat about it afterwards and and get your thoughts on it. Um, so yeah, just, just taking the time to engage with the students really and not just seeing them as um, an inconvenience, um, sort of really trying to help them get the most out of it. 
Yeah, and, and like Katie said, finding out what they want, but a lot of them are really enthusiastic to learn. So they might not have the experience and sometimes they feel like somebody will say, well, what have you done before? And if you're not experienced, you kind of get written off when actually they, they won't be, I haven't had a lot of experience, but I really, really want to learn and I'm going to try my hardest and I'm hugely enthusiastic. They want that voice heard. And I think the, the best times are always when they feel like they have contributed um, mm. and obviously they all love it when they go out and do loads of practical things, but they want to feel like they have made a difference. They're part of a team. They've been helpful in part of a team. And that mm. might be, you know, answering the phone, sorting out some discharge instructions, caring for a horse. It doesn't have to be doing all the exciting skills, but they don't want to feel like they stood in the corner in the way they want to feel like, right, you're with us for this week. It would be really helpful if you can help us with these things and you can come along. But it's it's just they want to feel part of the team. They want to feel like the practice went, oh, they were great. They were really helpful and they helped yeah. make a difference to the animals and the, and the owners that they were working with. Mm-hmm. And maybe sort of um, giving them a little bit of a heads up of what might be coming. So if they are with them for a long period of time, maybe just giving them a heads up and if they've got something booked in for the day after or they know they're going to see a particular client, maybe just giving them a heads up and saying, oh, actually, this is a long running case. This is what we're we're going to see. Do you want to have a read around it? before we go and if you've got any questions we can discuss it on the way um just giving them some sort of little wins um to make the student feel like actually i do know my stuff and i know what we're going to see and i know what questions i want to ask um that they find that really useful as well because they they feel like they're going into something more prepared rather than feeling a little bit lost yeah giving them the opportunity really yeah most out of that experience so that you know they 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 come out feeling like they've got something (laughs) yeah yeah, they want to do well. They want to help and do well. They want yeah. to go into a case showing off their knowledge. They don't want to go in sort of wrong-footed mm-hmm. and and no. <laughs> looking like they, they don't know enough. <laughs> Absolutely. And and I suppose off the back of that, really, and then in, in your experience talking to students, you know, what, what are the things we should be trying to avoid so that we can avoid them having any negative experiences when seeing practice with us? What things are come up there? I think it's probably the opposite of what you said. But yeah, it's some of the stuff we've talked about before is the pigeonholing. Is the oh, you're whole, you're non-horsey and you you're in year three and therefore you can't yeah. do anything. It's just you know it's it's being it's really important to be non-judgmental and to ask them what they want and and what they hope to to, to do. And if 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 they feel like they're ignored or in the way, that is absolutely the, the kind of worst thing that can happen. For a number of them that come from different backgrounds, it's the terminology that we use. So explaining what the abbreviations mean, trying not to use the horsey terms and maybe use the anatomical terms. So it's trying not to use a, a language that they don't know. And you know, Katie's yeah. the catching is, is very good. I remember having a, a student that asked me, what does a horse being shod mean? You know, y- yes, they're going to learn all of these things, but they shouldn't fit be made to feel that they can't ask those questions they need to write from the beginning you can ask me anything you want if I've said anything you don't mm-hmm. understand then ask me and I will help you because they want to get there they want to do these things they want to get there so just there's no stupid question just ask me you know whatever you want and I'll try and explain things as I go along and if I haven't explained it just just ask and that makes mm-hmm. that creates a very different sort of you know relationship and atmosphere mm-hmm. I think there's um, just an awareness that the that students struggle to get equine experience before they can even get to sort of clinical EMS as well. So um, get finding 
equine AHEMS is really difficult because a lot of um, establishments require students to have a basic level of horse handling skills, which unfortunately, you know, some students come through without having that when they first join. Um, so they rely on what we can offer them within the vet school to sort of get them to that level. So maybe just acknowledging that it's not their fault. They're not being lazy. They haven't sort of not put the effort in. Um, it's just really difficult to to get that experience um, before they get to clinical EMS. Yeah. So don't assume that they know it all already but also yeah. don't assume that they the fact they don't know it is because they're just not interested or they haven't exactly yeah it, you know like it's 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 quite a big challenge to them and we can actually facilitate them overcoming that challenge if we're really like it's not a lot of effort is it basically for yeah us? yeah terms and make it uh, you know help them understand it you know and that can be done within the first day or two really in a, you know with the ms placement can't it you know you're going to encounter enough of those things in a day or two's worth of appointments that they can start to feel comfortable so yes you should be sort of more proactive and, and helpful in that yeah yeah so at nottingham i've um created what we what i've termed the stable footing initiative which is mainly targeted at sort of first and second years but any student of of any year group um and it's just really something that can signpost them to f- further help so if they see the logo if they hear someone mention it, it it's just to direct them to further resources and it is things as simple as i put on um extra sort of lectures optional lectures that they can come to that will go through terminology it'll go yeah. through what green means um because a lot of them think that it is a color a coat color rather than you know the the level of the horse um i also put on optional handling practicals um so on a wednesday afternoon they can sign up and simply come down and put a head color on as many times as they want using a model or just walk a horse up and down um just a non-judgmental um environment i'm there i absolutely love being around the horses anyway and i find it really rewarding to see the confidence grow um in the students um, and we've got plans to sort of create new resources just really simple resources that explain things in a slightly different way that those that don't come from that background can access it without feeling like they're on the back foot. Um, so that's where the name came from. Um, a lot of students said that they felt they were on uneven footing when they came to vet school because they already saw um, horsey students as being further on in their degree because they didn't have the same level of understanding. And we just assumed that everybody knew where the fetlock was, what the canon was. Um, and we forgot about those students that had to go and look that up and then come back to feel like they're on the same level. Um, so, yeah, it's just little simple things. It's, it doesn't have to be anything. We don't want vets to be changing their whole approach or thinking they've got to do more work. It's just simply just having a bit more of an awareness of what we say and what we do can have a, a big impact on what the students go away feeling. But it's also normalising. It's also hugely rewarding because once they've taken those first steps, they realise that their door that they thought was closed starts to open. Yeah. You know, once yeah. you take a student that couldn't put head collar on and couldn't walk horse up and down and you give them the confidence to be able to do that, then then everything else opens up. Well, if, you know, mm-hmm. if I can do this, then I can do the next thing. I can do the next thing. And it snowballs. So the, the first small step saying this is an option for you, you can do this once they've done those first steps. You know, some of the ones we've worked with. They're just amazing. They are so inspired and so committed. They're going, gosh, I never thought I could do this. I can do this. I am carrying on and, you know, going to follow this all the way through. They, they're they fantastic, aren't they, Katie? They're really, yeah, really, they really are. To, and to be able to change, you know, change somebody's, you know, perspective in their life like that is, is, is brilliant. 
And I guess it's sort of normalising that you don't all know it all. I mean, even as equine vets, you'll still come across, I don't know, a polo client that will start talking polo speak and, you know, you wouldn't have a clue or going to a racing yard. I mean, you've got to start from scratch again if you enter the racing world. Yeah. The industry is very complex and varied, isn't it? And so there is a ton of kind of colloquial language out there that, You'll never, you'll never know it all, but you know, it, it's, it's at least giving people the basics so they can get going in that kind of environment without feeling that that's the challenge that they're, they're never going to be able to overcome and they'll never be part of that gang. You know, that's yeah. what we need to take away, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's removing that yeah. exclusive club thing and saying, I'm your supportive friend and I'll help you on this journey. Yeah. And you've reversed this trend, you were saying. You're saying like this is this isn't something that we're, you know, we've lost the ability to change. You can reverse what what's been done already, can't you? You can get people back up to to speed, even from a point where they might feel that they've turned away from the equine idea. Is that right? Yeah, we we've got increasing numbers of students in every year, year on year, who are choosing to do equine track for final year. I don't know that they're all gonna go out into, you know, do equine careers. But the important thing is it's an option. It, it was never it, mm-hmm. opening the doors. The doors are open. If they step through them, that's fine. But, yeah, so we've got a, a really large number coming through. But they're coming through. It's, it starts at the beginning. You can put somebody off in year one and they just shut that door and they mm-hmm. never want to open it again. So the And, and the work placements can, can do that, particularly, you know, whether it's an equine riding stables or something, or wherever it is, you can shut that door very quickly. And what we want to do is open the door and say, come on in, you're welcome. <laughs> We'd love to have you. Yeah. That's that's the message you want to get. And you can ask me anything and I will help you get there. And then from, from a sort of take-home message point of view, really, to wrap this up, so what would be the one that, well, both of you have, have, have points each by all means, but what would be the thing that you really want listeners to take back from this if they were getting a new student in their car with them tomorrow? What would you want them to think about? Um, one thing they change that the student could potentially be a future colleague um and it's 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 really nice for them to help them on that journey um to really help shape their experience during that ems placement so don't discount the the non-horsey student so even if they've not got any equine background they will be so grateful to have that experience and the sort of skills that they learn are transferable. Um, but you could potentially, like Sarah said, open a door um, that they didn't think was an option for them. Um, so yeah, just think about them as a, a future colleague rather than just a, a student that's just come to see EMS for a week. And you, Sarah? I think asking two simple questions, what do you want to learn and what are, do you not feel confident about or what are you worried about? And you can address you know, both the things that they think that they're not ready for but also where they want to go. They, they want to show their enthusiasm and their passion for learning rather than be picked up on what they don't know or what they haven't yes. done previously. So it's turning negatives oh. into positives. Yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for your time, both of you. I think that's a really insightful chat that we've just had about, you know, how, how we can all really pull together yeah. to try and make our profession a uh, a really positive environment, positive place to be. And that starts way down at the beginning at the student level. And we should be engaging with those members who, as you quite rightly say, are the future of our profession. So thank you very much. And hope to see, well, we will see you at Congress. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.